Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, a trauma-informed spiritual mentor, certified meditation teacher, and human design expert. I'm empowering empaths three times a week in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse, childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. and said, I'm kidnapped, please help. And this is where he took the phone and he crashed it down on the floor. Tap into that badass is to take a clear-cut decision. It's the same thing with healing. Friends can tell you this guy is abusive or things. However, you have to make a choice. I'm gonna get out. This is season five, episode 20. Four best practices for empaths dealing with anxiety after a tragic experience. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, who offers licensed therapists who are trained to allow you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment. Are you an empath dealing with anxiety after a tragic experience? Follow these four tips for understanding and addressing and healing your emotional pain with our guest today, Ozen. Ozen Jun is the number one international business celebrity mentor. She wasn't always this successful CEO of her own company, Jun International Coaching. She was a university dropout. She was kidnapped three times and then got back into university to really achieve her dreams and to conquer the trauma that she experienced in her path. Being an empath can be a double-edged sword. While heightening empathy may have its positive sides, it can also make you more vulnerable and to anxiety after a traumatic experience. However, there are certain steps that you can take to manage and heal your emotional pain. Here are four ways empaths can cope with anxiety after a traumatic event. Let's dive into the conversation with Ozen. Hello, Ozen. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Raven. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. We're really going to be inspiring the listeners here today that no matter what they've gone through, they can shift from releasing the pain of their past and shifting into a badass, which I love that latest reel that you had posted. It was so raw and beautiful. Share with us a bit about your journey and becoming your own badass as a CEO of your own company. Yes, I love to thank you so much for the questions. And I would say in life, there are so many things that that just happens in terms of circumstances or certain traumas. And I think it's the choice how to flip that in different ways that serves us with different perspectives. And to give a bit more context about my journey, where I started, before I started my entrepreneurship, that was when I was in corporation. I worked in hotels. I did my apprenticeship here in Switzerland until I realized I'm an artist. I'm very creative driven. And that was when I was 18 and I dropped out. So I'm a uni dropout. I'm not here encouraging to drop out, but I'm just encouraging you got to follow the path that calls you the most. And and then in 2000, that was where a lot of experiences happened to me in terms of abusive relationships mm. and including the whole kidnap story, which I will dive deeper into it in a minute. 
and that changed a lot. And and I think that one of the things I do want to highlight is after you went through a lot of traumas, the things that people say the most is, oh, you're so strong. You've overcame all of this. You're such a strong woman. But my view on that is, is I want to tell people you are strong now because the things it does, it's not the traumas that made us stronger. It's our choice to heal every day that makes us stronger. And that we knew that when you go through such a massive things, it just shows you that you can conquer this. You can flip that. And it, it gives you a lot of courage. And when you go really down in your life, then it also means you can go really high in your life. And then you're probably a history maker when you have that because you get this gifts and empathy level. So... When I was 18, I decided to be an entrepreneur. I dropped out. I was a freelance artist throughout one year. I've learned languages. It was the year of exploration to me that brought to my purpose. And then I tapped into digital marketing, copywriting, and shifted since one and, one and a half years ago as a business mentor because I could combine all my various skill sets into one thing and become the badass. And that's choice that happened in a process of the past, I would say, months and years. But the first takeaway I want to give to the audience to tap into that badass is to take a clear-cut decision. It's the same thing with healing. Friends can tell you this guy is abusive or things. However, if we are convinced the other, you can never get out of this. This is very unfortunate, but you have to make a choice. I'm going to get out and I'm going to raise my levels. So it's a power of choice. And the second thing is, is to make your badass list. Think of the things that you are really proud of that was really hard to conquer and you write things down virtually on a paper and whenever you're lacking the confidence, pull up the list and remind yourself how badass you were because if you can do this, you can do the other and you stretch the comfort zone to maintain to be a badass as well. Mm, powerful. Yeah, our words and our thoughts do create our experiences. So writing that down and setting an intention and making that decision, that's exactly it. Yes. Let's see. So tell us about, you said you've experienced some abusive relationships. Before you share your kidnapping story and we get into the commercial break, I'm going to share an inspirational audio clip. Don't focus on changing anything in your outer world, but rather focus on changing your relationship with yourself and the outer world lines up. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You don't need to wait until you're in an emergency state to go to therapy. If you have been abused by a narcissist, that's reason enough. Therapy is to support you. It is not going to label you wrong. I was able to identify I was conditioned to be codependent. I didn't even know what that word was until therapy. And it gave me such freedom to know I wasn't crazy and confirmed that I was, yes, emotionally and sexually abused. And I received a diagnosis that I was experiencing PTSD, which gave me the ability to find the tools to ease and ultimately release it. Try out therapy in the convenience of your own home. BetterHelp, who offers licensed therapists who are trained to allow you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who've taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com 
forward slash empath. The link is in the show notes. Your natural anxiety relief starts today. As Camilla Smith shares on episode 89 of the podcast, what we consume in our body directly affects our brain and stress. Muscle tension from repressed anxiety, irritability, and overwhelm are all side effects of trapped negative emotions in your body. You can get relief and feel your best with their research-backed supplements and feel a reduction of anxiety within one week of using Become. I take it and it is amazing. It also helps with your digestion and bowel movements. Try it now and get one-on-one expert support that addresses the root of your worry and anxiousness. Use code RAVEN30 for 30% off your first full month at joinbecome.co. That's joinbecome.co. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for your podcast and book. It has helping me through this dark period. Thank you for sharing your story, end quote. I have heard this countless of times, and I am so grateful. My guidebook is to serve you in your healing journey, and it weaves my story into lessons and is a must-read on your self-discovery journey. I've included 20-plus healing resources, such as guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts to heal and to understand your human design and some astrology concepts as well. You can buy your copy of my book, Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse and Recover from PTSD, Codependency, Gaslighting, Manipulation, and Learn How to Live Your True Self with Human Design 101 on Amazon and listen on Audible. Was that a, a romantic relationship? You, did you meet them in uni or tell us more about your story? Yeah, so in, in terms of the whole thing, it was, it all started in 2018. So mm-hmm. I was working in a hotel and this is where I got to know this guy who was back then my boyfriend and we were in a romantic relationship together. But very early, I also realized that it was very unhealthy. The jealousy level was high. The control, he was a control freak and mm-hmm. he would stalk, stalk me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so after raising multiple conversation, I knew that this is something I had to put an end to. Uh, but when I raised this, this guy would go even more insane. So this is where things started to escalate more on next level, where I got under calls a day. He stalked me and followed me to school. He came to the train station and there were multiple ways on how he harassed me and threatened me. And after going through that, I had still my truth, which is I don't want to be with this guy anymore. And I did it many, many times with good intention. A lot of women have that. Do we believe we can change a guy where mm-hmm. we can build and change it and heal this? And I always have this intention to make it as a good end. But people who don't have the emotional capacity to comprehend that and to lead it, it's, it's just not possible. So with this guy, after I've said multiple times, no, 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 you have to break up. This is where he just dragged me into the car and kidnapped not just one time. It happened three times on a row. And I, and I went missing and I didn't go to school for three months. And the third time it escalated so much. It was in 2019 where I got also raped, where he dragged me into a hotel room and where into other places that were unknown to physically abuse me, to mentally abuse me. I was in dark rooms, locked up in cars for hours, screaming and crying. And I was emotionally in such a point where I almost fainted because you're too shocked and your body just cannot take it anymore. 
that was where I was in and I could not, my hands were injured, body parts also. And this was where I mentally thought like, this is it. I, I cannot get out of this anymore. And it was really hard. And what specifically happened, especially on the third kidnapping was that after he took me and I was in a car, I was hitting him to let me go to get me out of the car. But we couldn't because we were literally in a motorway. And if I would hit him, we would have an accident. So I had to control myself. And the moment he stopped in a petrol station, that was my chance to get away from him. And this is where I ran out and I flew from him. And it was literally at 2 a.m. in the morning in the midst of nowhere in Switzerland. And he mm. came after me and tried to pull my hair, get me back into the car. And I had my phone and I went on WhatsApp. And because I was such in an urgency to survive, I texted my first contacts, sent the GPS location and said, I'm kidnapped, please help. And this is where he took the phone and he crashed it down on the floor. Mm -hmm. And this parallel contacts with everyone from that moment on. And, and then I was there crying on the floor for hours and hours. And it's a, it's a long story, but how I got found was a guy, he found me actually on the street back then. Um, and and he and he was by chance a police officer, mm -hmm. so it was really godly or angelic that was protecting me. And that guy said, "I'm not abusive in any form. I'm a real police." He showed these things and built a trust with me. And and also that friend that I sent this location to, it was not even a good friend of mine, not even a close friend. But this guy, he took it serious, and he also came as soon as possible. He found me up. So the timing was really lucky on how I could get out of this because before my ex returned and attacked me back in ways, I was already with the police and we could put it in a spot or place where we could take the situation directly to the police office station. And then from there, from there on, of course, through the police, he had no other choice but to stop because he got warnings. And I went through a court trial that been three years on. And the consequence that has left is just very heavy because that left me with anxiety, panic attacks, trust issues, crying, stay overnight, that comes by. So that's kind of as for the incident that happened to me. And yeah, and there's a lot now going on. Now I'm in a loving, good relationship after mm. all of the things which I didn't expect, but it mm. took a massive feeling and it's still sometimes a process. Yeah. That is in, just an incredible story of survival. And yes, there was definitely divine timing and serendipity there for you to get into contact with that police officer just at that right timing before he could come back. And after smashing your phone, I'm, is this within 24 hours of him smashing your phone that you ran into the police officer on the street? Yes, yes. That was very lucky yeah. after I down and I was there around and then the police officer came a few hours later and then also my friend so that was orchestrated really well in terms of the timing mm -hmm. however it's really good but it's just it was not the end because this guy would yeah. threaten me family want to commit suicide attack me and so many different other ways and yeah that was really hard to get out of it but now, fast forward to 2023, I'm done with that. It's okay. And I'm able to publicly speak up. And it's actually the first time that happens this year. So mm. I'm happy 
hear that and I'm not happy for the woman who goes through this, but I'm, I do want to inspire people that it does not matter how dark your past is or how horrific, because many women, many people suffer through that. But it's your choice to make it light. It's your choice to accept it as a gift as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being an inspiration and being so brave to speak up. There are, there are women out there who have never said anything about what they've experienced. And they have experienced what you have, even if it isn't physical kidnapping into the car. But I'm sure it happens so much more often than not. And it is always with somebody who was in our life that we know, that we trusted, and so traumatic. So as we were going through this process, how were we able to first have that bravery to continue on in the court trials and to ease your anxiety throughout that process? Yes. So I would say the whole thing was a court trial that was unfortunately later not a choice anymore because here in Switzerland, according to the laws, the moment the police knows that it's an official delict because it's a sexual raping and other things. So I actually regret that it went to the police because of the whole hazel you have to go through as a victim. You have to tell your story over and over again. Mm-hmm. I was literally sitting on my own birthday for 10 hours at the court, crying my heart out. And, and trying to express, and then you have other lawyers on the other side, they're confronting you. Oh, you did this intentionally, and why didn't you just call the police? And I used to try to explain them, when you're getting kidnapped, you don't have much time. You don't have much time to call, take your phone. And people who didn't go through this, they don't get it, of course, in that, on that level. And the emotions around it makes it really hard. But my bravery was, I think it came from a place of love. Because when I chose to forgive myself, forgive that abuser, it released me. And and also the bravery came for the people who are going through that. Because when I was in this dark phase of going through this physical pain, I was even at that point, I could not even open my jaw. And that was due to stress. I was crunched by teeth together and I could not open it. And I, I cried so much that my eyes would hurt and my physical body was destroyed. And that is the power of thoughts. You can literally destroy your own body. And I got literally physically destroyed from this guy because of the abuse as well. So mm-hmm. with all of the th- that the pain was so not bearable anymore that I was thinking, wow, and there are actually every single day women going through that. And that's the thing I, I change. I want to stand up for. It's not just here to motivate people or to do beautiful, positive talks, but it is a serious thing that is going on daily in people's lives. And, and it requires a lot of context. And that thing gave me the bravery, the forgiveness, the gratitude, the love towards even that abuser to still love this guy. I don't need contact with this guy, but I fully forgive him. I release myself free from it. And my big vision, my calling, because if you have a calling that you cry for on a soul level, this is where you get ready for anything. Nothing and no one can destroy or stop you that. And I would say that's the thing that helped me. And in terms of my anxiety, I think that's not a one-off thing, how to deal with it. I, I have a process and one of the things is to accept it fast because often we kind of fight back. So whenever I feel angry or resentment or any of these things where I feel emotional or sad, 
I would just accept it. I'd rather cry for half an hour and let she burst out or cry in my room or scream around instead of dragging it down the road for the whole day or for whole weeks. So I'm very, I can be very deep and dramatic, but then I just do it in that moment. And after I'm done, you know, just continue the thing. So I would say accept it, accept it fast and then feel it intense, express it fully, whether it's for someone music, whether it's sports, whether it's for you talking to a friend or just be really angry and get the things out. And then from there, reframe that and put yourself into a different frequency that inspires you. And that's where also my podcast emerged with Inspiration Science because it's the highest frequency. It's love, gratitude, and enlightenment. And if you can turn that things after filming it intense into an inspirational things, into what's possible now, that's something that always uplifted my spirit. And from there, I, I could handle a lot of things better as well and the face as well too. That's amazing. Yeah, I've listened to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I listened to it. And one of the ones, just the late, latest episode about the heart, your guest on about the electro frequency yeah. in the heart was so incredible. So it's definitely a good listen because it, it, it connects that science and the healing of the energies together. Yeah, I love it. So definitely go check her podcast out. Science. What was it again? Inspiration, Inspiration. Science. Yeah, inspiration yes. science. Yeah. And I just, I thought actually something else because it's something that people don't know because they asked me what's actually like the purpose, why inspiration science? And I just pointed it out because of the frequency that is so high in spirit with inspiration, but it actually emerged from a really, really dark place. There's a whole different story that happened with a girl that is indirectly associated to me. And it was on that night when she wanted to commit suicide and she was very creepy. I still don't know until today who she really is. However, the term inspiration science coined from the day on. And I, I realized when, if you want to go really high in life, you have to be able to hold that power also in your downs. And many people, when it comes to that personal power, they only hold it up when they are very successful. You make a lot of money, you're very healthy, then it's easy. You're super in this vibe, you get on people's call. But then when things punch you down and you get low vibe, this is where you're tested with the whole personal power. Yeah. And I really realized in healings, it's such a sensitive topic. So you hear a lot of different perspectives. But what has worked for me doesn't mean it works for others. And this is where the science come in to evolve your own science. And this is what I mean by your foundations of how you have relationship, how you run your business. And that, that's the point to, to know you have to get rid of all the shoots and to know that there is a universal path that is right for you. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. That science of experimenting and being curious rather than staying and wallowing in that victimhood and this is going to defeat me and always defeat me. Yeah. yeah. Just that mm, repetitive time. And so, okay. So you kept on getting pulled back in with your ex, right? It wasn't, he kidnapped you one time. It was three times. It's test number one, test number two. Same thing with our listeners. If you've been in multiple relationships with narcissists, which is very common, by the way, so don't feel horrible about yourself. It's all right. Each each uh, relationship, each experience is a test and a trial for you to come out even stronger and even brighter. Yeah. I, I love that. 
Yeah, but it's it's very true. You know what you mentioned with the patterns. I think that's an interesting thing to zoom in because many times with, I, I think also with narcissists, I have friends who also experienced that. They say their father was a narcissist and then they attract girlfriends who are narcissists and they have friends or other people and even their romantic partner end up as a narcissist and they cannot stop that thing. And in my case, I... Um, I mean, before I had other boyfriends, but they were not on a level very toxic or thing. It just didn't align with me back then or the guy that I would see my life with. But with that guy, I feel that it, it keeps you in a devil cycle. It, it, you want to get out and you know it's not good for you. So what you do is the logical things. You break up or you communicate. If the communication fails and you don't see a way out, well, you got to end it if that costs your peace. However, what people don't get and say, yeah, just end it. It's so easy. It's not easy because that guy, if he's not able to communicate and comprehend that acceptance, then he will go after you. He will do the stalkings and even the things that you mentioned. I broke up with this guy probably 25 times or 50 times, but this guy didn't physically leave me alone. He didn't spiritually accept it and would harass me. And, and then I was in midst of my exams back then as well in school, in my year of doing my economics and law studies. And my thing was I have to get through my exams. And the, the reason why I could go back in my first one and two kidnaps, the way I got back home was to act along with that guy. Because if I would make him mad, I would probably not get home. Yeah. But if I would act along and just give what he wanted, I would be home. So... As bad it sounds, and for everyone going through that, I, I've learned throughout my journey, if there's one thing I can give away is document everything, especially when it comes to abuse. Document, make screenshots, do the evidence. Even if you don't want to go to police, you never know. Because sometimes the police comes to you. Sometimes other things happen in life. And you need to back it up in this world, unfortunately, to bring this out. It's not just enough to say, I went through this. And the way your ability to communicate it outwards. And then from there on, be strong because in the process, it's going to be many times painful. You have to explain to your friends, your family, to the courts, the police. And there's going to be a lot of questions back. And I've just still learned with how to think about my end goal, which is I want to empower people in the world. I'm doing it not just for myself. I'm talking on behalf of many million women. So I'm an ambassador for that. And that gave me the power. And then from there on, basically move forward with what can be done now. So that has helped enormously. Yes. And I wanted to ask you, did you have a support system? Did you have your family to lean on throughout the trial and really healing from your PTSD, really? I'm sure you had PTSD from this circumstance. Did you have that support system or how did you find that? Yes. So in terms of my support system, I actually, after I actually re returned back from that night, from the kidnapping that happened on the third time, mm -hmm. it was actually funny because my mom and everyone, they, they are so much worried and they would cry and say, what happened to you? And I was so under pressure. It was literally the weeks of the finals and I missed out three months in school and I missed out 30 exams. And my school director people would say, you have to repeat your ear. You have to go to therapy. You're not in a good mental state. And I told them, I will do it. So I did. I, I, ex I actually convinced my school director that I will take all the exams within just one week and just do whatever it takes and try. And I still graduated as a second best student in school. And the ways I did it is 
I back then, I just told my mom, I'm really sorry that all these things also happened and to make her worry. However, I need to study now. And after I got the graduation, after when things happening, it all came together. And in the court journey and when this went on in Switzerland, there is actually an instance where even the people from the government, they have social workers. They're really nice. One of the amazing women, she came with me and supported me. I did have some close best friends who came to me on the night and just listened to me as well. I actually threw up on the street because of so much sadness and things. And for my mom, that is a very complicated thing. She's very caring, very caring, and she worries a lot. However, it's a different story and something that I had to learn with that she, I felt sometimes that she was attacking me in a way of, I told you he was bad. Mm-hmm. I told you she had broken up earlier. And then she would come with all type of phrases that would make me double upset. I would cry more. And so I was already burning, but his mom was putting oil to the fire and it blew up more. And, and that came across to me as not supportive. Whereas friends or strangers, they would support me more. And that's the funny thing in a journey. People who are neutral to the things, they're sometimes yeah. even ridiculous because they're not your mom. They're not that close. And she did this only because she was so worried, you know, right. because mean it, because she was traumatized too. It traumatized my whole family. Yeah, I remember when I first left my ex, how I lost everyone and I felt alone. We are not meant to go through these extreme hard times alone. We are meant to heal in community, in ritual, in circles, and to have people pull us out of our holding patterns. This is why I've created the Empath Healing Community. I believe that you need and you will receive a group of like-minded empaths on a similar healing journey your questions answered in Q&A events, live meditations, inspiring music that you can listen to and pump you up while you're working out, education on healing as empaths and how to use your human design as a tool to do so, and a monthly group healing ceremony circle. The next one is February 25th, 9 a.m. PST. You can join the community today. Click the link in the show notes. That's the thing. And obviously, the last instance where I got support was my current boyfriend. So... While this whole thing was going on, my mind was programmed. I don't want to have a boyfriend. I don't need a guy right now. And especially after going through that, I'm now career woman. Focus yeah. on your career. No boyfriend, no problem. And, and then... <laughs> no boyfriend, no problem. I love that. <laughs> yes. This guy came. I was, where are you coming from? Disturb my peace again. I was, no. But, but then he was different. He was different. And from the get-go, we clicked. And he gave me so much understanding and he empowered me to heal. I empowered him to heal because he didn't have good experiences either in the past. Mm-hmm. And this is where in the last court trial that I had before this thing ended, he was actually part of it. He came after the whole court trial to pick me up and it was very releasing. I cried as well a lot, but I would say also with the current relationship, just after this horrible things. I had a lot of nights or weeks where I just cry out. My boyfriend knows that I sometimes still have panic attacks that comes up. I have enormous protection walls around me in terms of, oh, I really love him. However, I don't want to get hurt. What if he (laughs) does that? What if that? And before that even happens, what I would do is just to break up, get away. I don't even want to indulge into that. So you, you love a little bit less, you commit a little bit less and you take back because of the fear. 
-hmm. And I learned, and as corny it sounds, my boyfriend says this phrase every time to me. He always says, are you fully holding my hand? Do you allow? And I always see that as a thing, as a metaphor, that in a relationship, I, I was holding his hand, but my other arm was stretching out to the pool of the pool to the edge of it, because you kind of want to make sure in case you sink, you still have the edge. Yeah. But to give fully my hand to him, th that, that took me a lot. And sometimes I still have fears around other things, such as living together, doing next level things in relationship. But this patience, it, the right people who love you, they will understand it. And back then I had an illusion that the other thing, that this was true love. And when you literally experience true love, you will be shocked. True love is very different. It's very timeless and you will feel it. And that's kind of the beauty in it that you can heal. And I'm doing really so, so much better. So it's an ongoing process, but yeah, 80%, it's much better. There's a beautiful soul connection, soulmate karmic, very similar to what I experienced. I had met mine just a couple of weeks after I moved out and I had zero energy on the radar to be dating at all. I was just, just you know, focused on myself, my career, just getting back on my feet. And then pop, he appeared and it was, well, okay, here it is. Let's see what happens. And it's neutral beige old sweater, right? There's no flashy sparkling lights on it. There's nothing that's going to be distracting you. It's there when you need it. It gives you space when you have those kind of worry moments and panic attacks. It has the patience. And there is so someone for all of you listening out there that is like that. But they're not flashy. They're kind of boring. And that's actually a good thing. That's the struggle, right? It's like you think the flashy is true love. You think that that's real love. That's the first thing you've maybe really experienced in that connection. What do they call it? The, is it the soul fire? What is that term, Ozan? That goes around everywhere. Soul fire? Soul bond? There's yeah, it's a fire. Something about a fire like, soul. Like that's not always good. Usually the fire soul is the narcissist and the empath coming together to teach them something, but it's very traumatic in this experience. Yeah. Yeah. But it just reminds me of another thing. And I think that's the, the thing I would share with people, whether you're a guy or a girl, if you haven't met your soulmate or whatever you want to call it, your dream partner yet, I think one of the best ways when it comes to healing and attracting your partner, both in one clap, is to have this high mission and purpose if you become your best self and let's say in a practical sense how do i mean it is you show up it could be online it could be right now the show that raven does doing a podcast being on stage and speaking your truth if you're bubbly edgy then show it to the world that's who you are if you're someone very sassy and things in your controversy you have your ways you're very funny show this to the world like I, I really believe the more you show the true self of yourself and get yourself out there, it's kind of the visibility level. Of course, the likelihood of you being discovered by the right guy will increase. It's not because you're doing it for the sake of attracting him. You're doing it for the sake of the purpose that you're dying for. And when you do that, it will come always in an unexpected way. And the people that the person that you attract is going to be in match with your high vibrational vision. And it's going to understand it because you know, it, it's just aligned to that because you spoke your truth. There is no mask to that because on us in social media, I'm the same person now. I'm the same person with my boyfriend. I don't have to speak this thing. And if you try to be someone who you're not, 
it's very exhausting. It's very exhausting <laughs> and it's, it's, it's going to be also difficult to make more money. And the, the moment you realize, holy shit, I can be really funny and I can be very edgy and I have my ways. But people actually love that while you can still be professional and do your things. That's what my boyfriend loves about me, the quirky parts of me, but also my clients who know, wow, she's professional, but she can be very serious and go deep in things. That's the 360 degree of Autumn June. And also when you speak your story, many people, they leave out parts of your story. We can speak all stories, yeah. but we help these two, three parts of the story. But maybe the left out parts are the ones that people need to hear the most. The things that feels very illegal to share are the very legal things you should be sharing. Your mess is the message to the world. And this is where I realize you start to heal. The expressions start to heal and you will have your dream partner. And until then, you are your own best husband. You got to marry yourself and own yourself words. I mean, Ozan, you're so wise. You are amazing. Absolutely. I'm so many amazing quotes I get to pull out and feature on. And oh my gosh, you can put that on a t-shirt. Your mess is your message. Yeah. And talking about that vibrational frequency, you do attract the same frequency of energy as you're operating at. You attract the same frequency. It's kind of magnetism. So always focusing on being mindful of okay. your higher virtues, your meditation practices. We had Sanjeev Nandi on the show recently in episode 12, talking about five powerful techniques for increasing your vibration to repel the narcissist. And of course, as we're talking about, Ozan, attracting your soulmate. And that is the key to it. So if meditation's boring, Ozan, do you have other ways that you've increased your vibration in your mindfulness practices? Oh, absolutely. It's actually funny to say that because me and my boyfriend, we actually always laugh. When I try to do meditation, I always laugh my ass off because I cannot see serious. I always have the crazy stuff that pop up and I always found it so boring. And I was, how do people do that? <laughs> so I find now meditation happens in many ways. Some people is for walk. Some people it's playing music or writing can be meditative, journaling. So you got to find your way and the best way is to do it because you have to experience it. Either you need a guide to do it properly or just to do all of these things and then choose the things that sticks or lands the most with you. But the way I do it to be in high frequency, the first thing is imagination. That's been for me the biggest tool. The imagination is when you're in a bad spot or low wide, I, I can close my eyes or I can do it even with open eyes. I go to a place where for me, water kind of calms me down or I go out and I imagine the world where it, it's very inspirational to me because I can be in a dark spot. However, the place I'm going to, the place I feel married to with the whole kingdom and the world itself, the things are much more glittery, the much more beautiful. And I create the things out of me and it's not escaping. It's creating a reality around you. And actually marrying into that. And then in the literal world, you're moving with that frequency as if it's already done. So the company I want to build, the things I want to do, it's already done. And the people I want on my show, whether it's celebrities, high-level people, I see them as the equal. And this is with the things when you put this energy out, you attract those people. It comes with ease. The money comes with ease and the things. So meditation for me is imagination to sit down, to go to water, doing these things and feeling it. And also when people say how, you can be very superficial. You can imagine a luxury villa and, and then so what? It's not going to change. I don't feel better. Sorry. 
-hmm. So I always say, tune into a feeling that was similar to you. For example, when people say, I want to have a happy marriage and that soulmate, but it's really hard for them to imagine that because obviously they haven't married in their life yet. So what I do is think about your current boyfriend when you're in a loving relationship. When you kiss them, how does it feel? It feels good. It feels awesome and things. You feel the magical twist. You feel that thing. And you take that sparks and tune it into the same feeling of a happy marriage. And the same thing with money. If you haven't done your 10K, 100K, if that's of course what you want. And people say, I cannot imagine. I don't know how it feels to make 100K. How would I be able to do that? And then I asked them, when was the last time you received any paycheck? 5K, 2K, doesn't matter what K, but in the moment where you're happy. And then you tune the same feeling into translating it into the 100K. And you have to use similar feelings, similar keys and stuff that is on the match of the vibration of where you're going to. And when you do that, I hate really the advice of make it until you make it. And I change it to make it until you make it, you know, and that's how I do it. Imagination. I make it until I make it. I'm here. I'm there. I'm this powerful woman. And, and also I'm, um, before I had my boyfriend, I always believed I had my own husband. I'm married to myself. And this guy was existing and he was walking with me in an imaginative state. And now he's literally walking with me in a physical state. So. <laughs> So that's kind of the beauty, how to use your imagination and not saying it's fake or fake affirmation, but you have to feel it and you have to believe it. Yeah. Feeling the baby steps and then visualizing and manifesting the bigger steps. It's the same feeling. It's just a different number. Yeah. Yes. That. Thank you for that. Ozan, tell yeah. us about your work. What Do you have any free things to offer to us? Some resources? Yeah, Sure. So I work with high-performing coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs who want to scale their business to money-wise, profitability, optimization, all things when it comes to marketing and the specialization when it comes to big-ticket sales. So I also do low mid-ticket. The brands, the people that I work with are visionaries, people who really want to go big, people who get the big result in making more money because it goes deep. The self-worthiness, it goes into a healing process aligning your purpose to your big vision. And then on top of that, I'm sharing in my micro celebrity program, all the tools covered from A to C on how I scaled my business within eight months of six figures. And then most importantly, how I could sustain it because I could not sustain it first. So it's one hit and then mm -hmm. I go down. And then the stress comes up. You're feeling millionaire. The next day you feel homeless. So if people want more insights on that, I do have a Facebook group that I can share with you as well. So you yeah. can link this where I have free trainings with people, free content that people get insights to. Throughout my whole year, just follow me on Instagram. I always share your content on business, personal growth, and time by time announce new masterclasses. Some are paid, some are free. Thank you so much. And thank you for your wisdom and your vibrational frequency here on the podcast, Austin. Thank you so much as well for having me, Raven. So those are the four best practices for empaths dealing with anxiety after a tragic experience. Number one is to accept the anxiety. Feel it deeply and quickly. Number two is feeling it deeply. Number three is releasing it. Number four is gaining a support system through a social worker, therapist, or close friends. And a bonus, she shared with us that practicing mindfulness is through your imagination, visualization, 
and it's always best to be near a conduit of water. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, take a screenshot, share it to your socials, and tag me at Raven Scott Show, and rate and review this podcast. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. All that is blackness.